a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or homeless? Hello, everybody, and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm currently sitting around the table with a bunch of people that are standing around the table. They've pants themselves, and that's because they're awesome. All right, I'm here with the amazing Crown Killers. They're going to reintroduce their characters, guys. Uh, roll to see who goes first. Um, I rolled a one, so I'm going to go first. I'm Aaron, the Dungeon Master of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Uh, so I'm Kyle. I play, play Jusui Unju. Hi, I'm Tom. Um, I play Mardux Beyond Again. He is a Bogan Barbarian Berserker. I've had to practice that like 15 times. G'day, guys. Michael, I play Drew Ede, uh, the ugly human druid. And last but certainly not least, except for in stature, we have Matty. <laughs> Hell and well-met adventurers. I am Matthew. I play Shavi, the rogue assassin of the group. With trouble on two fronts, Demos Tortuga in the west and the growing threat of Delnak the outcast in the east, the crown killers prepare themselves for all-out war. Having danced with Demos Tortuga before and coming off second best, they are hurting. During their respite, Drew travelled across the Dreamweave, connected with some new friends in Cadmia and the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild, where he learned that perhaps a weapon of great importance and power lies within this turtle's den. It only burnt a fire in him more to search for that object. Hoping that it would turn the scales on both of their enemies, the crown killers now sit, planning for what is to come. As we cut in, the weather outside is frightful. You can see the storm clouds beginning to roll in, and every now and then you see the white flash that illuminates the details of these clouds, indicating lightning. You can see it hitting the ocean beyond, which is nothing but tumultuous, from your crown killer castle on top of the hill. As you look out your various windows, you can see the small specks of boats that are under your command just sailing through this area. You picture what it would be like to sail on such a boat, and you know that your crews are doing the best that they can just to stay afloat, let alone collect gold and supply for the triple tithe demanded by Demos Tortuga. It has been five days since you barely survived that incident. During that time, Drew, the night times have been especially nightmarish for you. However, during those nightmares, you were visited by a comforting member of your family. Having taken some time being astrally projected through time and space to Cadmia, you awaken in a darkened room, sweat dripping down your face, a lightning flash illuminates being the rest of your room. You feel stressed and it is in this moment you jolt upright and you know you're not going back to sleep. You see the red eyes of Demos Tortuga in the back of your mind and as you do they grow larger and larger and you just hear his growl as the thunder begins to roll. Uh, what what time is it? It is very, very early in the morning, very darkest early. parts of the morning. Hmm. I think first I'll probably get up, try and shake it off, bit of a stretch, drink water, that sort of thing and probably go for a walk, have a think. We need to do something about this, this big old turtle boy. Now, I think I might wait till you know, a little bit later in the morning, dawn, and go and grab all the rest of the crown killers. And I think we need to yeah, bring everyone together, have a discussion. 
what are we going to do? You awaken in your various chambers. Is there anything that you guys would like to do before you approach the meeting room where you will be discussing what your plan is for Metatiri? What was the um elf, uh, the d- dwarf captain's name? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe. <laughs> he had a cool hat. He can't read. Let's call him. If you've got it on your notes, tell me. But in the meantime, let's call him Xander. Um, does he reside in the castle as well? He sure does. All right. So Marduk kind of really hates this guy and um, he's been scheming like, Marduk's not being particularly bright. He's been scheming, so he's just going to try and sneak into his room and steal his hat. Roll a stealth check. 17 plus deck. So that's 20. Okay. So with his epic seven, you walk into his room and you can see him sleeping with a nightcap on. <laughs> uh, you can see that this dwarf rarely seems to have his head seeing the light of day. Um, and you peek over to the sides of that nightcap and you can see as you make your way into the room, you close the door. And I feel like you're... you're you're not being overly stealthy, but Mardox would time his noises to the thunderous waves outside. You hear a thunder clap, and as you do, you close the door loudly behind you. You stroll in, your footsteps banging on the wooden floor, and as they do, you can hear it timed with the waves that are crashing up against the castle wall. Looking around, you can see hanging on a hat stand by the window, an illustrious tricorn Three purple feather. hat with a massive feather in the side. There is, in fact, three feathers inside. <laughs> One in each corner. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's canon. Yeah, that's so good. And they all stick upright. No. You take it. And as you put it on, you do that thing where you run your fingers across the brim, feeling so proud of yourself, and you look towards the dwarf, and all you hear is... <laughs> you exit, closing the door again, not caring that you're loud at this point. You hear from inside just him... What's that? Back to sleep. You walk down the hall, the sun now beginning to rise, making your way towards the meeting room. As the three of you enter, Drew already stands by this circular table made of wood. You can see that there is a ship's wheel sitting above that has candles that have melted across it that seem to be the fixing points for this light source. There doesn't appear to be any windows in this space, but you do see where the picture used to hang of Avery Morgan with a large Great Dane. There is just a blank rectangular space now. It seems that has been taken down. Mardox, Josui, and Shavi. You can see Drew standing there, and he's always looking absolutely fucking ugly, but this morning there's just something different about him. You can see the bags under his eyes have increased in size, and he's just looking disheveled and stressed. My friend, are you uh, feeling all right? <sighs> I just I can't work it out. If a turtle loses its shell... Is it naked or homeless? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is uh, one of the great mysteries of life, no? Dem- Demos is, uh, he's been plaguing my nightmares. I-, I can't sleep. All I do is I see him in my mind. We could see what's happening out in the ocean. We need to do something. Are you uh, suggesting we crush this turtle? I don't know. But I think, yeah, we need to get, get everyone together and take a I don't take a vote on it. Weigh up our options. Do we really think Deimos is the biggest threat here? I think it's a bit of a fucking threat. Mm. What do you mean? Who are you, sorry? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't recognize me with my hat on. (laughs) Right now, it it, uh, seems to me that that this Deimos is the the most important, is the most pressing threat to us. And uh, our way of life that we have created here, I... 
I do not mind the pirate lord life, and I personally would like to uh, take a little bit more profit out of our business venture. To be fair, though, Mediteri was kind of just the little bit of gold pocket on the way to our actual job to getting yells. I feel like without the gold... We have a slave army. It's easier to get more. What are you suggesting? An, an unpaid slave army is just slaves, mate. <laughs> but fighting for freedom fighting is for free. different, different for freedom, probably enough on itself, wouldn't it be? Freedom, it uh, does not pay for the chickens. Um, you see Rodessa make her way out of an armchair that was in the corner. And G'day, love. As she stands up, she just rolls her eyes towards you. You know that she'd been recently widowed, Martox. Every chance you get trying to just... <laughs> you watch her make her way across the room. She's looking at you, Jisui, and she says, And what of the man that killed your brother and my husband? Don't knock the outcast. What of the man that killed the father-like figure of your friend Shavi? Dragon's head, a disgusting wedding present. You can still smell the blood of that day. It seems to me that there are two enemies. We can fight one, and we can run from the other. Or we can fight one, and prepare to fight the other. I leave it to the group's hands to decide. It doesn't, to me, I've lost everything I've had. So I will follow you and the gold wherever we go. But one thing I will say is that turtle needs to fucking die. If not today, when? Think of the riches we could have to fight Dalnak, who ultimately is the goal. We must destroy Dalnak. But right now, we cannot do that. If we move on him right now, not all of... I doubt any of us will live to see the, the aftermath. Whereas, we have seen the treasure that this Demos Tortuga has sheltered away. With that, how many slaves can we free? What kind of life can we give them? But to go on Delnak right now is not something that I want to entertain for long in my mind. But like Redessa said, what about Dragon? What about Monfrey? Do you not give a damn about them at all? I give us a damn, but they are dead. They are not making the, the decisions here. By Delnak's hand, not Deimos. Agreed. But I just said, I do not think that throwing our lives away because we are upset over the deaths of loved ones is, is the best decision. Who says we're not throwing our lives away to Deimos? He's no Sha- small turtle. Shavi, wh- wh- what would you have us do? All I know is I want Delnak dead. He, what's, he's going to mm. destroy the world, not just Mediteri. We all want Delnak dead. That, we are not arguing that that is the goal. But how? What do you propose we do right now? If we're unable to defeat Demos now, how are we going to defeat Delnak or Balsak? Through what? I think it was a while ago you were telling us about something that might be in mm. Demos. Delnak is ultimately the, the end goal. He's... He's the, the person that I think we need to stop more than anyone, anything. But currently, I don't think we're, we're equipped to be able to do that. I know Demos has been in that lair for a very long time, accumulating just, a, am sure, an insane number of items, all sorts of things. It's very possible that there might be something there that can help us against Delnak. I know, like, I understand what Dragon meant to you, but I think marching on him and just taking him on without being equipped, we might not stand a chance. But if we have something that might help us stand a chance against Delnek, then maybe we should take it. 
I'm not saying we should fight Demos. I'm not sure if that's going to be a, a, a winnable battle, but maybe we could look at something to distract him or bring him out so that we can at least have a look and see if, we, if there's something in that lair that can help us. But wasn't it only a few, a few days ago where you nearly lost your life to Demos himself? I know, and as as much as it pains me to to say it, I do not want to ever go anywhere near that place again. But with your ability to be able to go invisible, and I can turn into small animals, fly around, swim around, we might be the best best chance at, at looking into the lair. But I definitely don't want to be in there while Del- while um while Demos is there. I think we need to look at a way of bringing him out or doing something about the lair. Meditiri. <laughs> It was it was a means to an end, and as you know, as much as I'd love to stay here and be pirate lords forever, you know, a house is it's just a house. It's just wall and stone. We do have money and that sort of thing coming through, but it won't mean anything in the end if Delnak, you know, kills us all, or if none of us live to see it. You know, a house isn't a home. I find that you know, you you guys are, are my new family. I don't I don't care where we live. As long as you guys are around to 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 see it with me, oh, Bruce. Do you think that uh, maybe we mount a stealth mission to see if we can sneak into Zilla without him being there? I think we need to at least go and check it out and do something to to bring him out. I think trying to take him on while he's there is is suicide. The longer we take with this, the more time Delnak has to prepare as well. We are not the only ones to fight Delnak. We know this. We're probably the most powerful though. It's at that point you see Rodessa, she put her hand up and say, Drew makes a, a point. Everything you have amassed, all of the people that follow you, do you not believe they would follow you elsewhere? People, the people of Metatiri, we are not bound by that name. We are not bound by this place. We are bound by the ties between us. If we're going to do it, it's going to have to be a pretty good bloody plan. Hmm. I think maybe we, let's discuss options what we can do and then I think maybe we put it to the people as well if we try and take on Demos and everything goes pear-shaped then the the people have a right to know that what what options are we talking of what can we do against Demos I will tell Demos? you the whispers that I have heard from the lords already there is some discontent there is a lack of faith just so you stood upon the balustrades and told them not to worry about Demos and then hours later the four of you were smacked along the side of his lair if you are going to convince the pirate lords to follow you again, you are going to need to present them with more than just the honor of being a team or to fight what is right or the promise of riches. They will need to know some concrete evidence, some actions that will take place. This time it will not suffice just to say that it will be done. Mm, that's a good point. All right, boys, what do we got? What's the plan? I'll just say I'm not exactly for the plan or this at all. I'll always be with the ground killers, but I'm not happy about it. So, over the next few hours, um, sitting around the table with Rodessa as well, um, we outline our multi-pronged plan of attack. So, one of the first things we want to do is Mardox is going to find oil barrels, and uh, you were you heard about the fertilizer. Okay, so the plan is to send the boats out with a barrel of oil on them. Eat uh, four boats is, and the fastest we have in our fleets go out to be near 
to go to Damos's lair and try and lure him out with explosions. Each of those boats will have an Aracokran. Uh, a Jonathan! <laughs> uh, obviously with a rifle. Um, that's for early warning if or to tell us when Demos is coming. But the fertilizer and oil is to Mardox to explain. Phase let one. Uh, Mardox, uh, whilst you were, how you say, uh, pounding the tinnies a few nights ago, you were talking about a, uh, how some oil and horse shit make a boom? Yeah, fertilizer. We, uh, just wait, let me tell you a story about how my stepbrother got the name Pig Fucker. (laughs) (laughs) So, this little yarn has a little baby Mardox roaming around on the property, doing our thing. Now, when you cut down trees, you end up with tree stumps. Tree stumps is like a a lot of hard yakka and days of toiling away trying to get those out. But my dad, me pap, he uh, come up with this great solution. You get a, a, a barrel of oil and then you cram it full of fertilizer and it, <laughs> it comes up with something that is called the bunyip bouncer. Anyway, you light this little fucker and it bunyip bounces the fucking tree stump right out of the ground. And that tree stump hit the pig shit and what do you know? Old pig fucker, fucking a pig. Point of the story is, if you had a big enough bunyip bouncer, we might be able to bunyip bounce a fucking turtle out. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> so we cut to Mardox standing in the fields outside of Mediteria, and you can see him. We don't get any audio on this shot, but you can see two farmers standing in front of him, all of them seeming to be um, wearing overalls, floppy hats. You can see none of them more illustrious than Mardox's, but you can see him using you can see him using lots of hand gestures as he's talking, and you can see him obviously gesturing as a stump comes out of the tree, and you can see an explosion gesture with his hands. You can see him getting his fist and shoving it down into a hole in, that he's made with his hands, and you can see him pretending to be a pig walking around. <laughs> <laughs> it's at that point it cuts, and you can see him with his hands open, palms to the sky, as if to say, so what do you think? And you may now roll a persuasion check. 19. All right, so 19. As you look towards these individuals, they're blankly staring at you. It's almost like their blinks are audible. (laughs) You can see one of them, the straw falls out of their mouth, and as it does so, you can see them both slap their knees at the exact same time, and they both say, you've got yourself a deal. And you can see barrels of manure being poured into Crown Killer Castle. Hours later. Phase led to. We're talking about how we have to defend the city. We know that the crab, the crab people (laughs) (laughs) will come out of the sea. So we're organizing our slaves into like four squads around the city that are going to build barricades across the bridges. Just where he turns to Rodessa and uh, says, uh, Rodessa, my friend, uh, you would not desert us in our time of need. It seems that since you have come upon these shores, just we, our interests have mostly been aligned. Your focus, however, very strongly on this turtle. You made me a promise. And I will fulfill that promise. What do you need me to do? I need you to uh, gather our, slave, uh, our, our free forces. And I need you to organize them across the city to defend against the crowd people. 
the crab people build, build the barricades, uh, funnel and destroy to protect the city. There are many that are loyal to you, purely on the fact that you have given them a choice of freedom. They are not warriors, however, but I am guessing that your thinking is their sheer numbers will overwhelm what comes. I am hoping. I will do what I can. Me and the crew of the Crimson Wing will organize the slaves as this map sees fit. I guess this means the people will be safe. Any others that wish to join, you have no problems with them also doing so. Of course. Very well. You watch as she walks out. She doesn't need much convincing because she's extremely allied to you. Phase Lethry. Uh, turning to Shavi. Uh, Shavi, we are... Uh, do you remember our friend, the, uh, how you say, uh, the Nesquik? Do you know Milo? No, no, no. You know Milo, though. No, my low-hanging bowl's in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm aware of I heard the rumors that uh, he is uh, hanging around outside uh, recruiting what seems to be a mercenary company of thieves. Uh, maybe you go, you talk to him, you pay handsomely for their help with this uh, skirmish. From what he's said before, I think his focus is more Dunak as well. He's probably going to need some convincing. Ah, but this is where the payment comes. We pay them handsomely for their efforts. And then we go into, and, and attack down. I can talk to him. I'll go and go and but- go with Milo. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh. fucking awesome. We cut to a scene. Shavi walks down a lonesome road. Um... As you walk down this road, you can see the thunder and lightning crashing around you, the rain pouring on you, your usually uh, spiky hair being slicked down with the rain. Still not wearing a shirt, though. As you make your way towards a rocky structure, as the lightning flashes backlit, you can see crouched upon it the pantherian figure of Milo. As you see him there, his eyes yellow, lighting as if pinpoints towards you. You see him jump off and his cape billow in the wind as he lands down in front of you. You walk alone. I'm aware that you've still been waiting and that you've been preparing a little bit for what's come. Original plan, however, may we may have a little bit of a detour for that. How long of a detour? As long as it takes. But this detour may become profitable towards the conquest against Delnak. I will listen. So from what we're aware of is that the turtle that's been hanging around here, are you familiar with Deimos or Tuga? He's a bit of a celebrity. Around here. Hi. <clears throat> Fuck you. <laughs> My men have heard whispers in the tap rooms of a demon that stalks the bay. That sounds very much like a meditary problem. Our larger foe lies in the east. I'm under the exact same thoughts as you. As much as I want Delnak to be gone, and I'm still not convinced that the turtle is the way to do this, but. From what we know, in the turtle's lair, it's a strong maybe, but there could be something in there that is going to help us very strongly against Delnak. Our plan is to be rid of the turtle, get this, and then stop the bigger problem. With Mediteri as sort of a side thought in my head, it's more of an idea to get whatever's in there. I honestly don't really care for what happens to Mediteri. If this item's going to help us against Delnak and what he's done to Dragon, to Sally, to everyone else, to Felix, Key, 
anything that'll help will, will be good. And what exactly would you have me and my new friends do? And you watch as he gestures up to the cliff sides around you and as lightning flashes, you can see popping up at least 10 silhouetted figures with cloaks billowing in the wind as the rain is battering down upon you. Oh, cool. How would you feel, or how are you, in the ways of being stealthy and ways of poison and things? Poison is a subtle art form, usually one used by cowards who don't like to show their face to their enemies as they die. If they're dead and not there to remember, does it matter? It matters to the one doing the killing on occasion. Well, what we've got in plan for you guys is somewhat of a quick, a quick reaction force. We would sort of, what do you say, plan some sort of an ambush for the turtle with your help? From what I've heard, this turtle is not surprised easily. For one and two, well, my expertise falls in the assassinating of people, not greedy beasts. At this moment, it seems like our pathways are too far aligned. However, my interest in this object, this item, what information do you have of this? The one you wish to help you defeat Delnak the Outcast. All, all I know is that there's something there that can help us be rid of Delnak. And you know of entry to this lair. I know how to get there. Could you map it? Absolutely. Well, that is information that is invaluable. If you help us with the turtle, I'll give you the information. I will accompany you into the lair of Demos Tortuga. My men will await my command. But if you are to retrieve this object, our payment will be the item that you uncover. I can agree to these terms, as we'll be facing the same evil. Wait, Nesquik, before you go. He slowly turns to you. I know your thoughts on poisons and things like that. You don't have to use it, but is it still something that, for a fair price, you might be able to source for, source for us? He holds up a hand as if to say, give me the price now. We have money. I'll say you toss him like a stipend. And he catches it. He weighs it, and he says, there's an apothecary. Northeast, you'll know it by its purple sails. Tell them Milo sent you. They'll give you what you need. He jumps off into the dark. He's cool. Bears left for... My friend, Druid, uh, how do you feel about uh, paying our kooky wizard friend a visit? If we must. Well, any things that he can help with us to uh, slow, delay, damage the, uh, the Kawabunga friend would be greatly appreciated. Definitely. Anything we can do from a magical point. Uh, hey, Bruce, I um, had a thought. Uh, if you're going to go talk to old Commodore, um, you remember that boat, the uh, cadmium oak construction with the Kalimvor maple inlay and the walnut panelling? We put all the sleepy things. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Now, if you can write sleepy things on stuff, can you um, write explodey things on stuff? We'll see if we can get some help from our kooky wizard friend. The, uh, the water, it, uh, it's a, big of a bit of a big hazard. Can we freeze it? I think the ocean might be a little big. We cut to a scene of Drew and Mardox making their way through the wet streets of Mediterranean. You can see lots of pirate individuals drinking at their various shanty pubs. You can see music playing. Despite the tumultuous weather and the um, absolute carnage that is happening or has happened 
recently. There seems to be still a joyous affair occurring in this space. You ask around and most people have never heard of Corvindor Kelkis, but as you turn the last corner, you hear just a giggle. <laughs> Been looking for old Kelkis, have you? Searching pub to pub, I see. Pub crawl. We're hoping we won't run into you. Well, it seems I've run into you. Your names are vastly being spoken around this area. Drew and Mardox of the Crown Killers. Mm. We, need, we need to have a chat. We, we need your need help. To. Yes, yes, we do. Ah, yeah. And you watch as he takes out a scroll and you can see him unroll it and it just like a massive red carpet. And he says, I've got, got some here? designs for my tower here, Ooh. which you said that you would absolutely help me construct. Now, as you can see, it's going to be 70 stories. Each floor is going to have uh, a Commodore, you absolutely said those sleeping pictures were going to fucking work as well. I believe they did. Well, I got a few fucking steam burn marks on my back that says they didn't, mate. <laughs> he looks and says, well, uh, anything you do with magic obviously has a chance to fail, but... Anything I do with this axe doesn't fail. Okay. He watches, he rolls up his scroll. <laughs> and as he rolls up his scroll, he sort of tucks it over his shoulder and he says, so what you're telling me is, despite the fact that I provided a service, you will be reneging on payment. I think our continued works together will continue the funding for your tower. I need to see a slab of foundation. What if I put some money in front of him and say, is this a slab enough? Roll a persuasion check. I'll say with advantage from Mardox's intimidation as well. Can I give myself guidance? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be good. Persuasion. Minus one. <laughs> That's a 16. So you can see him like tapping the scroll on his other hand. And as you slide the goal out in front of him, he looks toward Mardox, raises an eyebrow, looks back towards the person, looks back towards you, Drew. He's gesturing something. Same. While you're thinking, you realize that if Demos is allowed to do what he wants, your tower's not going to stand much of a chance. If you build it quickly, it will. <laughs> With your help, maybe we'll uh, well, quicken I've, the build. I've been seeing many mobilizations of, uh, I used apparently the terms outlawed, but slaves. These slaves are moving around the town, bolstering different alleyways and entryways and pushing barrels of this and that all over the place. That's a workforce you control if you if you just funneled it into creating me my slab. It would be done in no time. Just a simple slab will show me the good faith that you intend to build upon it later. I'm sure between all of Mediteria, we can put a slab down within a few days in exchange for his help. So we have an agreement. Seems we have an accord. I will instruct these <clears throat> workers that they will be under my employ. They'll be called the Covendor Collective. Sounds like a really shitty boy band, <laughs> but okay. It doesn't matter what you think. And you watch as he walks away. Hmm. What, before you leave. <laughs> uh, yes. We need help. Oh, of course. Sorry. So what we were thinking is we need to be able to bring Demos out of his lair. So we can either confront him or infiltrate the lair. What can you help us with to make things go boom? Step into my office. And you watch as he literally like moves a barrel aside and you can see two barrels that seem to be in between, like the, the one in between has a nice tablecloth on it and there's a candle <laughs> sitting in between it. And as he sort of goes and sits down and gestures, there's one chair for the both of you and he's insisting. Seat. Ladies first. Age before beauty. I'm only 31 seasons old. <laughs> I'll sit down. 
as you sit down, Mardok's standing behind. He apparates this intricate tea set and starts passing around tea and he starts drinking. <laughs> now, explosive runes are quite simple to construct. You can do so with a... That's Mardok's. <laughs> <laughs> with a scroll, if you will. I can construct these for you. It'll take me approximately five days and you'll get, let's say, ten of them. Did you say twenty? I believe I said half of that. Hmm. How do they work? Sounds like you might get half the workers. Uh, you can have 15. I'll have to work my ass off. Ah, the way that these work is there is an arcane rune that you place on an object that is either movable or static. Once a trigger occurs, the spell is released. So you will also have to input a spell of your own within the arcane glyph. What do you suggest? Perhaps a fireball or something of that nature if you want it to be destructive. I know a bloke that can do that. Excellent. Well, I'll get to work. And you watch as he opens up a crate and you can see lots of fine papers and inks and stuff. And you watch as he pulls it out onto his desk. He puts his goggles on and he looks towards you and he says, oh, feel free to finish your tea, but please be quiet. Awesome. So just for, yeah, for my peace of mind, so we've got barrels with runes on them that we can explode when we want. Or a rock with a rune on it. Yeah. Or rock or whatever, yeah. Something with a... Or a, something any, or a ballista It'll bolt release with a rune Alright, so as you begin to watch him work, you both make your way out of the alley. And as you pass away, probably 30 or so feet, you watch as there is this flash coming from the alleyway and you hear this... Ah, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you see this... And this wooden barrel just shoot out of the area and he goes, ah, back to the drawing board! And you see him just continue... Fez Lefez. We need to bolster our forces. We have many of these fine pirate chaps wandering around our city, drinking our booze. Now we need to uh, get their help to take out down this, uh, this turtly menace. Assemble the pirate lords! All right, we cut to a scene. Just Swee in a largely timber room. You can see him standing on top of a barrel, I'll say. You can see the pirate lords moving themselves around, sitting on chairs in the cool way, you know, how the back is like facing the front and their legs are splayed across it. And you can see some of them with their elbow across the top of it. All of these cutthroat individuals sitting there without armaments and without their crew around you see this is an audience of good faith amongst them you can see a tabaxi swashbuckler you can see the dwarven pirate that seems to have fashioned himself a very uh unimpressive hat captain xander now that um now that he has his hat robbed you can see an aracochran navigator as well and you can also see Jonathan. <laughs> a goliath standing there as well um there are 12 in total around this area but they look towards you expectantly we're there as well, right? Do you want to be? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Right, okay. Your whole crew is there. As all the pirate lords look to me with anticipation dripping out of their eyeballs, frothing for the information feast that is about to occur, as just we steps up and uh, with a flourish, my friend, you are here to hear what has occurred and what we plan and... The future of this uh, great town of Metatiri where upstanding 
gentlemen of society like yourselves, ply your trade and uh, spend your well-gotten goods. Many of you have been here for much longer than myself and my compatriots. And uh, we see to your uh, advice for the most things. But uh, one of these things that uh, we uh, cannot agree on uh, since we have been get, uh, we have uh, taken leadership positions within the uh, societies as you have here is uh, one uh, turtly demon that uh, takes profits. Now, as I'm sure businessmen and, and your associates such as yourselves uh, know the profit margins that uh, comes with being a pirate lord. There is, uh, you know, paying for crew, paying for upgrades to the ship, repairing the ship, and uh, these tithes that we have been forced to pay have, uh, have been eating into the profit margin just a little bit too much for my liking and my friend's liking. Uh, would, would you agree? You, mo- you listeners, most of them say, yeah, like a chorus of yes, but you can hear from the back one single voice or maybe two that says, is he cut now? payments is he stopping what the fuck is going on here that's just what you hear just whispers from the back now my friends uh some of you may have uh enjoyed the company of uh, your last so-called pirate lord and uh now he may have made a uh, a deal with uh, this demos Tortuga, but he still gave 50 percent of what you worked hard to get and gave it straight to michelangelo now why would he do this he is taking from your well-gotten goods and giving it to a demon. Does anybody not want to fight it? You see the dwarven individual, Captain Xander, stand up and says, Well, in actual fact, he paid the tithe so we could rob the bay. And Demos would leave us alone. Any other ship that went in there, they get destroyed. Now Demos has been asked for what I hear and whispers is triple what we've already been given. Now, my maths isn't always good, but triple's a lot worse than half, isn't it, just we? Oh, my friend, uh, I see that you have uh, regained some of your senses. Your maths is uh, impeccable as it stands, because uh, triple is usually bigger than a half number. Wouldn't everybody agree here? You watch as there is some confusion around, as maths is not these people's strong suit. Mardox is, like, counting on his fingers. Now, uh, unlike Avery... We are not quite as scared of this turtle. We have tumbled with it. We came off second best. These are things that happen. We believe that we can take it down and you can get all of your money back. You hear a whisper in the crowd say, he took his leg. Demos took Avery's leg. The last time Avery tried to talk to this dragon turtle, he, uh, you are correct, lost his leg. We saw it. It's in his lair in pride of place. We did not lose a leg. We came back here. And we started planning to take him down once and for all. What would you have us do? I would have you bolster our, your, our forces in this plan. I would have you help us take him down with arrows, with swords, with help. From Mount with a pointy stick. No, my friend. We have ballista being built at the moment. We have barricades across all of the main thoroughfares. We have... Yeah, we've all seen Rodessa's work. We have some surprises in store that uh, maybe come from a story about the pig fucker. Mm, no surprises shouldn't be surprises for us. What do you know about what happens when you mix oil and fertilizer? A story's legendary. That's how you make a pig fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
The byproduct of that is... Boom. Exactly. Boom. Why can we not use this boom against the turtle itself? Solid plan, but Demos comes out of his lair maybe once every couple days, and he does that to cripple our boats to send a message to you. Yes. And if we maybe send a message back and lure him to where we are strongest, why cannot we not take him down? And if we can't? Well, that is up to you, my friend. You can help us and enjoy this, the profits of our success, or you can leave. It is your decision. Well, I'm just one voice in this chorus, but let me just say I'm a little bit off you and your crew. You are more than welcome to challenge us for the right to hold court here, my friend. <sighs> no, I'm not that stupid. Ah, uh, stupid is not the word I would call you. Hatless is what I'd call you. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> I thought that had looked familiar. But look, me being the honourable dwarf I am, didn't want to point fingers or accuse anybody. Maybe you went to the same hattery as me. Fuck. Does look good on you, though. Cheers, Cobb. We would, all, we would like all of you to join us in this endeavour, and we would like to share our profits with you evenly so that everybody profits exceptionally from this venture together. And our continued business plans can be doubled. Roll a persuasion check. 32. Oh. Huh? Looking around, you can see that most of the pirate lords seem to be in agreement. They, if nothing else, are deadly sheep. They will follow the largest shepherd in the flock. You can see there is some umming and ahhing from Xander, but you watch as he scratches his bald head and then gets a little bit self-conscious about it, looks around and sees everybody else is doing it. So he says... I- I looked, I, I, I'm staring down Xander and I'm talking to Shavi behind my back, basically saying, thieves done. Shavi and I, like, I'm literally saying, get someone to watch him at all times. But behind my back, because I, I'm aware that some pirates can do thieves can't because they're all thieves. But then I, I'm looking at Xander and then I look at Mardox and then I snatch his hat really quickly. I was going to give it back. And then I throw it to Xander. It was only put on his leg. He catches it takes off the poor excuse for the hat that he had and puts it back on and goes, nah, I feel like me again. All right, where are we parking the ships, Jess, we and Joey? And then you watch as the crew pours over a map that just we rolls over a barrel, indicating the positions and placements for their vessels and ships. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odds. We want to thank you as always for tuning in to our show, guys. It really means a lot to us. And if you liked it, make sure you go and tell a friend because word of mouth is one of the best ways that podcasts grow. So it's all up to you. Guys, this week's episode was Michael as Druid, Kyle as Jasui, Tom as Mardox, Maddie as Shavi, and me, Aaron, as your Dungeon Master. The very next episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey will drop on the 25th of July. However, if you are a person who follows the show notes link below to our Patreon and click that, it'll take you to our Patreon where you can find lots of tiers of all different kinds of TTRPG content, including a exclusive podcast available only to our patrons. But it will also allow you to view the episodes of D&D Valiant Odyssey a week in advance. So... The very next episode is waiting for you over there. So make sure you go and click on the show notes, check out our Patreon. And 
if you want to connect with us, guys, there is always the Discord as well. And joining the Discord is absolutely free. We're happy to have you over there and chat anything nerdy, pop culture, TTRPG, Dungeons and Dragons, you name it. We're ready to talk about it. So come on over, introduce yourselves, and become part of the D&D Valiant Odyssey Network. That's it from us today, guys. But as always, remember to be valiant. Valiant.